following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. The Tip of the Cap podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Tip of the Cap Podcast. I, as always, am Derek Jaws, a.k.a. Coach Jaws. I am here today with a good friend, a longtime friend. We've known each other for the better part of a decade now. Actually, a little bit longer than a decade. This is my 11th year with Mark, and it'll be my 11th year knowing you. Coach Mike Masters from uh, Cross Training Athletics. What's going on, Coach? Coach Jaws, are you a decade it's been? This will be year number 11. Wow, time flies. You know what? I'm so honored to be on your show, man, and you're telling what's happened and all the great stuff you're doing with this man it's exciting to be with you today i i am looking forward to this episode more than you know uh, <laughs> this is this is this is going to be fun this is going to be a good time i met coach masters way back in 2011 uh the what very, were your first thoughts i'll i'll be honest with you <laughs> I, I will be honest with you because i i do pride myself on the honesty side of this um you know my my first time I, I hear from Coach Delfonso at Lancaster. Hey, we got this guy. He's kind of a motivational speaker. Um, just come on in, listen, and just take it in. And here's here's Coach Masters doing his talk, doing his speech, and I'm like, what am I listening to? What, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> Why are we wasting time? And it, it was after practice, and you know, we we we, all, we always had the after practice coaches meeting to talk about what happened during the day and so on and so forth. And again, it's my first year in the high school ranks. I'm like, like 21, 22 years old, somewhere in that realm. And by the third time I heard this man speak every single time since I am ready to go. Like my, my my friend here will get me so fired up that I want to strap the helmet on, strap the shoulder pads back on and go play football (laughs) and just run through the world. If I could, and we're doing this before a baseball practice, so that can just that kind of tells you the, the the tone that coach likes to set for us. Uh, so, coach, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself, okay. tell us who you are, yeah. and then we'll go from there. Well, um, I, I am blessed and honored, uh, one, to be here as always, and humbled to be doing anything like this. Uh, but my background basically is that my dad was a coach for 44 years. He coached six years at Brockton High School. He coached baseball and football were his main varsity sports. But he also coached wrestling, basketball, whatever they needed him to do. He's just that old school type of guy. Right. What do you need to do to get to get a job done? And so I'm his son, played for him, football, baseball. Uh, didn't have a clue what I really wanted to do. So I went to college, played a little college basketball. It didn't work out real well. Worked in the water department. And honest to God, I'm in the water department and I'm working maintenance, okay? And we're a laborer and it's on Grand Island. It's February and we're doing a water break at three o'clock in the morning. And the wind is whipping across the island and it's going right through my snowmobile suit. And I'm sitting there going like, I got to get back to college. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to get out of this. This is not going to be my life occupation, right? And so um, at the time, I was helping my dad, though, being like a volunteer assistant coach for football. So I ended up uh, going going back to school. I just went down to St. Leo College, which is a very good baseball program. Yes. Their college is a very good baseball program. And I went down there to play basketball because that's what I was good at. But I walked on and um, – 
uh, I got down there and the football team's practicing and old days we were three sport guys, right. you know, so I'm like, oh, I'll try out for the football team. I get there and I, I go in the coach's office, cocky little jerk I was, okay, <laughs> you know, all the stuff I tell the kids not to do, right, I was right. that guy in Absolutely. high school, right? I'm telling these kids, you know, sacrifice for the team, you know, love your teammates, keep your head up, have a good attitude, all the stuff I tell your kids. I was that bad player, okay? <laughs> I played my guts out, but I was a selfish little jerk. So I, I go down there, right, and I walk in. I says, hey, I want to try out for the football team. The guy goes, we've been practicing for two weeks. So well, I, go, I just got down here from New York. So uh, he goes, well, what do you do? I said, I'm a quarterback. He goes, we got three. I go, I'm a receiver. He goes, I got 10. I go, I play defensive back. I got 10. And I'm looking at the guy. He goes, he goes I don't really need you. Right. And I'm going like, I says, I punt. I kick extra points and field goals and kick off. He goes, we don't have one. You're on the team. Changed my whole life. Wow. Changed my whole life. Uh, like I said, I was cocky. And you want the true story of who I am, I'm going to give you today and how we got where we're at. And halfway through the football season, this kid by the name of Mike White comes up to me. He goes, coach. He goes, no, he said, I wasn't coach at the time. He goes, hey, Mike, hey, there's a meeting with the football coaches. And I says, Coach didn't call no meeting. Oh, no, he goes, I think you should come to it. It's going to be really good. Well, I don't know. My listeners out there don't know if you know anything about Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but it's a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting. He duped me into the meeting, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I think you'd really like this. I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, one of our coaches is here, and there's only like eight guys here. I'm like, what's going on? It changed my whole life. Uh, and that's why I'm sitting here where I am today. I find out there was a God in heaven, and we just had Easter, by the name of Jesus who loved me and died and gave his life for me. And I was challenged to receive him. I did. I didn't tell anybody at the time. I prayed to receive Jesus, and it radically changed my whole life. I, I wasn't cocky anymore. Things started to change, and my life started to change. And fast forward, um, I played football, came back, ended up playing uh, John Roth, who's now the athletic director at Grand Island High School, was the head baseball coach at NCCC. Okay. And uh, he says, hey, M, that's what he called me. He goes, hey, M, you want to come back and play baseball? I go, John, I haven't played. I'm playing summer ball a little bit, but I haven't played anything really big in about four or five years. I go, I don't, I don't know. He goes, why don't, you, why don't you come out for the team? So Coach Josiak, probably the best coach I had. Uh, when playing for your dad was very hard. Because I was always trying to win his approval. Right. And you know what? Getting into what we do, a lot of athletes try to do that. I bet you try to play for Coach Delfonso's approval. Absolutely, I did. Right. And when we try to pray, play for someone's approval instead of out of their approval, it changes how we play. If I'm already approved, then I can relax. But if I'm always trying to get someone's approval, it puts extra pressure on us absolutely it does and that's what we try to bring to the legends baseball team right okay and that's what we're gonna we're getting to that right now but and so when I played for John I already had his approval and he was just so upbeat so encouraging all the time I had the best season of my life ever at NCCC Uh, I made the NY Penn first team all-star team there I played shortstop I didn't even play shortstop in high school, but now I was like three, four years out. I was a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger. I started at shortstop. I batted number three. And I'm like, what is happening to me? Well, what was happening is I had a coach and his assistant coach at the time that were just 
they knew how to handle me, I guess. Right. You know, and I guess that because you got to handle all athletes are different, right? You know that. T- right? Talk one to of, me about that. One, yeah. of, one of the best lines I've ever heard, and this is from Coach Tony Sekaturski, who's the varsity assistant at Depew, who I've had the pleasure of playing under him. Uh, I ran a team that he was our on-field guy. I never wanted to be the guy making the call when I'm involved in the lineup. Right. So Coach Tony was the guy we brought in because his son is one of my best friends. Um, and his analogy for it is every single player has a set of buttons on their chest, and your job as a coach is to find what buttons make that player perform at the be- their best possible ability. Right. And, and, for, and for some guys, it's that hard nose, you know, light a fire up under them and go. And other guys, it's, you know, pick them up, pat them on the button. You know, right, be a little bit more supportive than that. So right, and so you know, uh, Coach Jaws has me on, and like I said, I'm honored and privileged. And uh, anybody that's listening out there, I, here's what I wanted to bring across today, from me as a person in our organization, our ministry called Cross Training Athletics, building a character culture. That's what we're about. Uh, but what I want to bring across, as I already told Coach earlier, and I, I just hope if you're out there listening, we encourage you. Number one, I just want to encourage you that, you know, the word courage comes from the word core, which means heart. So anytime you encourage somebody, you're strengthening their heart. And so encouragement is a powerful thing. So we want to encourage you today. Uh, there's a plan and a purpose for you. There's a reason you're around. There's a reason you're connected to different people to encourage them to make them better. And so in turn, whatever you're giving out, they're going to give it back to you. So Coach Roth gave me a lot of encouragement at NCCC, which then, you know what, uh, translated to better playing on the field for me anyway. The next thing we want, I want to try to do for you guys today is equip you in any way we can and then empower you to be the best person that you can be. Athlete, person, husband, wife, whatever that is. I know I'm pounding on the table. I could, I could sense it going through. <laughs> I'm getting fired up, Coach. Um, I love it. I so, love it. So, so, <laughs> so um, you know, we, I want to do that here today. I want to encourage you, equip you, and empower you. And so uh, after NCCC, you went to UB. And I said, you know, it's time to put sports away. I got my degree in physical education, went, became a phys ed teacher, and then went and started coaching. Wanted to do it the way dad did it, um, but ran into a guy right away. Uh, mod- modified football at Iroquois Central. Uh, a guy by the name of Bud Ryder, he since passed away. Coached until he was 80. Wow. Uh, he coached bowling. He coached football and basketball were his two tops. But when he got up there, he couldn't do that as much more. But he still coached. He loved kids. And what I found out from Bud was about loving kids and making it simple. He made everything simpler so that kids and athletes could play quicker. They wouldn't hesitate. How can we make it simple, but, you know, through the basics of whatever the sport is so that they don't hesitate? And that's what cross-training is about, cross-training athletics, which I'm going to get to in a second. In the end, we want our athletes to compete, number one, fast, okay, They don't hesitate. Number two, they would compete focused. This is new stuff, by the way. I'm giving you. I'm. I'm. Are you catching it? it? Listen, I got. I got. I got a a whole seat. I'm only using the edge. Like (laughs) I'm. I'm here for it. So, if if we really get this character stuff down, your athletes will compete fast. They'll compete focused. That's mentally. Okay, the fast part deals with the heart of the athlete. He doesn't hesitate on the inside. There's that nervousness that he he doesn't want to make that play. He doesn't want to make that throw. He doesn't want to make that swing at that ball in the outside corner because he's afraid he's going to miss it. And, and, and then, he's, then he's worried about the repercussions. So at cross-training, we want your athletes to compete fast, focused for others, not yourself. It's not about you. It's about us. 
That's where trust comes in. That small world, that small world, that small word inside trust is us, us. It's about us when Absolutely. we're playing. It's not about yourself. And I didn't know that as a young man. I wish I would have had somebody speak this to me a lot earlier than I learned it. And the last thing on our four Fs, fast, focus for others, and then finish strong. Whatever you want to do, you want to finish it strong. I think you guys call it spikes up? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I love you, man. Uh, I love when you do that. But spikes up uh, when there are people around. It's all out. Otherwise, we use a little bit different term. Uh, we actually, we just add a letter to it, but uh, and then no fear. Yeah. Yeah, no fear. And so when I began to coach, Coach Ryder was a great influence on me about kids. And then um, when I got to Cheektowaga Central, I became the head football coach there. I coached at Iroquois for four years, and then I became the head football coach at Cheektowaga Central. Um, And I thought I was all that in a bag of chips because my dad was a great coach. Uh, But I found out when I became the head coach, I knew nothing. You know something, but when you got to make all the calls and you got to, you know, call the shots, you know, it, it's a total different thing. In my first year, I got lambasted. Um, kids played hard for me, but we just, I just didn't know. Okay? Right. I wasn't ready at all. And then my second year, uh, by, and if you hear me say by God's grace, because I'm smart enough to know who I am, by God's grace, um, we finished and made a wild card first playoff ever in the school's history. 35 years of football, they'd never made playoffs. Wow. And we made it that year. I had a great group of kids. I still wasn't a good coach, but they were just <laughs> tough, and they were a team. I didn't understand why we were so much tougher with less talent my second year than my first year. I found out something. When we beat Springville for the first time in the school's history, 30-some years they'd never beat wow. Springville. And we beat them 15-14, uh, two-point play in the end of the game. And all my kids had a party at their place. I found this out after, like years later, right? Okay, right. find this stuff out. They said that kids from the other from the year before came to their party and started calling them out and said they were no good. All kids from that team were at that party, and they all walked out and said, take a walk. See, two kids confronted them, but a team confronted them back. Right. And my guys were a team. And they didn't want to lose. And so I didn't understand that, but they were totally bought into what we were doing and bought into each other. Then the next year, we we slid. We didn't slide competitively. We just slid because we had injuries and things like that. But that's when life really changed. That's when cross-training started. And you probably know this story. I, I I'm pretty sure this one works its way in every year. Yeah, it does. And it's and, it, and that's because uh, it's the cornerstone. It is. It's it's what it, it's what it's what we're here to talk about was built on. Right, exactly. This is the this is one cross training start. Now, cross training football started in 2005 our ministry. It started in 2005. It's now changed to cross training athletics, which we work with all teams. I only wanted to work with football at first, but I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And I found out that when we worked the basketball team my first year in 2005, uh, the Sweet Home Panthers, I mean, they just totally embraced it and went to the state finals. I'm like, whoa, okay, the stuff I'm doing is – it's just not about football. It's about athletes. It's about coaches. Now, our moniker 
is training the heart of a champion from the inside out. You beat me to it. Oh. <laughs> Listen, I, I love it. Like when, when I have a plan and my plan comes out of your mouth, that means I did the plan well. You did the plan. <laughs> so, and I'll explain that later. Right. We'll talk about the heart later. Yeah. Uh, so I'm at Central and I'm varsity basketball coach also at the time. And I'm home after a game on a Friday night. And we were struggling. We weren't, didn't have a good season. We're very young. And once again, you know, I could have been a better coach. You could always be a better coach. Absolutely. But I, we were coaching our butt off. And the cool thing, I had Coach Ryder working with me from Iroquois, so he was really keeping me balanced. But when I got home that night, and I'm watching TV, Channel 7, I'll never forget this, uh, and I see this car crumpled on the TV screen, crumpled. And it said that students were in a car accident in Cheektowaga, and they rolled the camera's in on the dashboard and on the car. And they said three kids died at the scene. And the car was loaded with beer bottles. I could see them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, wow, what a tragedy. Right. Uh, but I didn't know how big the tragedy was. The tragedy was that within five minutes, I got a call from the superintendent of schools and said, those are our kids. And then I found out one of them had quit my football team. He's going to be a two-way player. He was a senior coming back, going to be a two-way player. He quit my football team. And then the other young man, which is in the front seat, it's a, it's a tragedy. He quit my basketball team two weeks earlier. He should have been in my locker room, Coach. And I was like, wow. I'm like, how did I not connect with these kids? How did I not? I, we have a statement right now that we're going to be giving teachers this year because our curriculum is now going to be character curriculum. This is going to be done in a high school now and a middle school in our area. Cool. Okay. So I'm sitting here going like, one statement we're going to give the teachers is, will they hear your voice beyond the classroom? Will they hear your voice beyond the dugout? When they're out in society, when they are out with their buddies, will they hear the coach's voice? Will they hear that voice that will make them just check for a moment and go, you know what, coach said, know what's right, do what's right. I'm not going to go there. And, and I'm going like, what could I have done as a coach that that kid should have been in my locker room? I mean – Yes, everybody has their own free will. Absolutely. I, I get that, okay? And, I, you know, I mean, but that was the cornerstone. That was like, Coach Masters, you need to start coaching differently. You need to start coaching. And at that time, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Clu totally close. But, what I, but, I, but really what it turned out to be, you need to be able to start to capture the heart of your kids and your athletes. So when the voice, when they got to make a decision, they not only hear the voice of their parent, but they hear the voice of their coach saying the same exact thing, and it just might stop them from making a decision that's not good. And not only there, on the field. Right. You are just talking to me about a big brawl or something that happened in <laughs> baseball. Bad decisions there, okay? Yep. Yeah. Bad decisions. And, and then that becomes the highlight instead of the game itself. Right. Right. And so that next football season, we dra I did something that was very dumb. Okay. I changed the program, but I didn't tell anybody. Okay. Didn't, I didn't ask for permission. Right. I just said, this is the direction we're going to go. I love kids. And so I changed 
the the priorities of the team and that next football season I wrote on the wrote on the chalkboard at our first meeting with the kids these are the priorities of our team God is first your family is second education is third and football is fourth that's the order of we're working this thing now and I looked at the kids and I said bow your heads we're going to pray and they like looked at each other, and I didn't know it was illegal to do in the school at the time. <laughs> I didn't have a clue. Right. I did. I right. didn't. I nobody told me like you couldn't do that. You know. I mean, I know I've been teaching eight or nine years, but I didn't know you couldn't do that because my dad had always prayed before every one of our games. I mean, before every one of our games, we knelt in front of the bench and we prayed the Our Father. Right. I'm like, well, what, you know, what's the deal here? You know. So, so what we did was. Before every practice, I gave the athletes to come up, and here's where the character word started. I had this little book that had a character word in it, character word of the day. It was called the Daily Word. And I'm like, I'm going to give them this character word, and it had a scripture verse on the bottom and a a nice story in between. I said, we're going to do this before every practice, and we're going to put God first. We're going to put character first, and um, that's what we're going to do. That's how it's going to roll, okay? And so we did that, and one of our – my captain, my team says, Coach, could we do football fellowship? And so it was kind of like an FCA meeting. I go, sure, we can do that. We did it the year before with Sweet Home. Right. Our team did it with Sweet Home's team. The kids, about five or six kids. Well, I got about more than eh, more than half the team would show up on Thursday night. We'd shoot pool, eat pizza, and talked about how Jesus fit, fit into your life. Okay. And and you know how's he fit into football? My favorite story of all time of this. I don't know if you know this one though. Okay. So we're talking about praying. Just, just talk to God like he's your buddy, okay? Right. Don't don't make him like he's up there throwing lightning bolts at you and he's mad at you. He's not mad at you. He loves you, okay? So I so said, you can pray whatever you want, just for it. My tight end goes, I want to score a touchdown tomorrow night. And I looked at him going like, I call the plays. <laughs> <laughs> Deck. We run the ball 60 to 70% of the time, and you're going to get a touchdown? I'm like, yeah, check, right. So I pull him over. I said, I put my arm I says, Deck, remember, I call the plays. He goes, yeah, coach, I know. I go, well, you prayed for a touchdown? He goes, yeah, I know. I go, okay. So this just isn't <laughs> any game. We're playing the hill. We're like arch rivals. We have to win this game to win the championship, okay? They turn the ball over. I hope you don't mind me talking a little football. No, this not baseball at all. Thing, not at all. Okay? okay. So they turn the ball over, and we go to a no huddle thing, which is basically a tackle eligible play. I get out there, my quarterback calls the time. I go, "What are you doing?" I go, "Run the play." Sorry for pounding on You're that, good. guys. You're good. I know I'm good, but I'm just, I just tell you, I'm sorry anyway. I go, "Run the play." He goes, "Coach, they were calling him out. They, they knew it was happening." So I walk out of the huddle, and I actually calm down. I walked away from the huddle. Try to get your senses right. Get smart. They're kids. So I said, hey, run sweep right pass. I go, we haven't run sweep pass all year. I says, pitch it to Louie. Louie, I says, Russell will be open in the corner. So he runs, he pitches to Louie. Louie pulls up. Great fake. I'm yelling, throw the ball, throw the ball. He cuts it down the loose in the middle of the field. I'm like, who in the heck is he throwing it to? <laughs> Guess who, coach? Yeah, there's your tight end. My tight end standing <laughs> underneath the goalpost jumps up, two hands, and brings it down. He's so excited, he's running off the field, holding the ball in his hand, going, <laughs> "I scored my touchdown!" And everybody's like looking at him. I go, "Great, Deck. We're going for two. Take the ball back out there." So he goes back out there. But basically, that's where cross training started. Uh, we started doing a character word, um, folks. You know what? There's 
coach coach Derek knows you know that I believe in the Bible and a lot of this stuff comes from there and please I hope you're not offended but the the, the principles that we use about loving people and giving will be given back to you and and sacrificing one you know sacrificing yourself for the betterment of the team all these things these principles and that year we put God first and the Bible says if you honor God he'll honor you we won the first championship in a school's history with a poor coach. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy needed, still needed a lot of help. As a matter of fact, Aaron Vanderlip, who now is the girls' softball coach at, at uh, uh, Iroquois, does a, a bang-up job out there. They went first year he had him. They went to the state semi, uh, state finals, and came up a couple runs short. Uh, he said, "Coach, he goes." We knew you were a, a young coach. We knew you were green. <laughs> I go, thanks, Aaron. I go, you make me feel better for that. But that's where cross-training started. And then here's the kicker that really got us going. I, basically, folks, I lost my job at that after that season. At the end of that school year, they cut enrollment. I lost my job. I was the lowest man on a totem pole. Um, and so I went in another direction in my life. And uh, so 2000. 2001 my dad passed away and when coach jaws when i went to his funeral well i was at his funeral obviously but the man had 19 championships in 44 years multiple sectional championships before they could go to states on the football level baseball sectional championships you know his last year, they won the NFL. Um, it's 44 years of coaching baseball. He wins the NFL his last year. He's 70 years old. And not one athlete talked about a championship. They didn't talk about a big game. And this was the kicker that started cross-training. They talked about what my dad did in their life. And I'm like, wait a second. I knew that guy. One guy flew all the way in from this. Coaches, if you're out there listening, please grab a hold of what I'm going to say in the next moment here. You have more influence in an athlete in one season than most people have on others in a lifetime. Those kids look to you as a coach, and as a coach, your example is your best ally. And if it's a great example, you're going to touch a kid's life, and you're going to touch a family. I had guys come up to me and say, I raise my kids like your dad raised me on the football field. I'm like, what? what? I, I mean, I just sat, sat there dumbfounded. Athlete after athlete, six decades of athletes. Six decades. Guys came from Brockton. And I'm like, what was my dad doing that I didn't know about? And then I found out. Then I found out. My aunt, four years after my dad passed away, she goes, did I ever tell you about the guy I ran into at your dad's funeral? I go, no. She goes, he was this huge athlete, about six foot five, and he looked at me and he goes, are you coach's sister? And, he, and my, my aunt goes, yeah, I'm coach's sister. He goes, I flew in from Tulane for coach's funeral. And she goes, you did? She goes, yeah. He goes, coach changed my life. He took me out of the hallway, got me into sports, and he goes, I got a full ride at Tulane. And not only that, coach would send me money while I was there. 
I'm like, you can see I'm almost tears. Absolutely. And I'm like, holy smokes. I didn't know what he was doing. Right. But the influence he had for a guy who then coached at Tulane, he flew back because he was coaching. He was out of college by then. Right. Flew back for coach's funeral. By the way, he never played one down of football for my dad. Not one. Carlin played baseball for my dad, but he was a top-notch basketball player for Tulane. He got Carlin to start to play basketball in high school. Wow. Folks, coaches, you do not know the influence and the platform that you have to change a person's life. And uh, now that's something I like. I'm going to take two seconds here to say something to because take a lot. I need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand if you're listening to the conversation right now, you heard a lot of talk of Jesus and God and the Bible and so on and so forth. And I know from personal experience that that can be a uh, shut it down. If that's not your thing and that's not my place to judge or say hear the rest of the message because despite your stance on that the message itself doesn't change no the message as a coach doesn't change the message to your players does not change the message to your family does not change and i can tell you the stuff that this man is talking about works and i can tell you that because i currently work with a man very, very closely for going on 11 years now that I consider very, very close. We talk every day. I played for that man when I was in 10th grade right? as a baseball player. I played for that man uh, as a freshman. Can I cut in here? Absolutely. Please listen to the story. This story rocked me when I was in this office when you said the barbershop as we called it right some of the statements that you said to me i mean this is what we're talking about this is exactly Derek. take this over this is great so i coach with mark delfonso at lancaster um i was fortunate enough to earn his trust in the job when you know 11 years ago now and (laughs) we when i played for him i played freshman football for him um he actually may have been one of the modified coaches as well. I don't recall. It was a long time ago. But he was also my JV baseball coach. And he was the man that if a ball got hit at you and it went through your legs, and I'm going to apologize in advance to Coach Masters for the statement, but I'm going to direct quote him. No, it's fine. The amount of times I heard, God damn it, Joswiak, for that right. or something similar or taking a bat at bat or making a mistake. And it wasn't just me. It was anybody on the team. Right. That was that was who Coach was. That was who Coach Alfonso was. He was the guy that, if you made a mistake on the field, the answer was to yell to motivate you to do better next time. Because he cared. Because he cared. He, and he truly and cares. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Every coach, I mean, if they're worth their salt in their coaching, they care, and they're trying to find a way to inspire their athletes. Yes. Cross-train just goes about it a different way. Yes. That's it. And fast forward, so that would have been – the spring of 2003. So fast forward to the spring of 2011. And I am watching the same guy that I played JV baseball for. Now as the varsity coach, I am his I am his assistant coach. And he looks at a player who makes a mistake and goes, hey, George, 
Don't worry about it. We got you. We got you. We This next pitch, we got you because love covers. And you're going like, what is that? I, I, Coach, I kid you not, I looked over at him from my bucket and went, who are you? Because I did not recognize the man that I was coaching with for the better. And I can tell you it's been 11 years, and every single year he gets better. Every single season he gets better. He takes more away from what you do and what cross-training athletics does, and it has improved the culture and I can only speak to what I know. The culture of Lancaster baseball right. has changed tenfold in the last ten years. Every year, it's gotten better. Every year, it's gotten deeper, and it's it's to the point that I mean, <laughs> that's it's, this year's theme: love yeah, covers, love covers, <laughs> and 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 that's one of the things that it's, it's so. We, and me and Coach Stefanzo talk about all the time. We could have something going on inside our team, inside our locker room that the world would never know about. And I can't even come up with specific examples, but something about you know maybe a player's having a tough time at home. Maybe maybe a player had a rough game or two and had a little bit of an outburst for some reason, whatever it may be. And also, without fail, the very next time you step foot in our locker room, you just knock it out of the park with something that covers exactly what we just went through or are going through. And while I'm telling that story, Coach Masters turns over his playbook puts it over to me and shows that not only is there a picture of our team from that would have been 2012 with our back pockets out which is a story in and of itself for another Oh my day. gosh, that is a story, man. But please have this, me back for that story. I absolutely. We'll do a 5 minute story on that and that's all I'll do with you. I Ab- just love that story. Absolutely. I got that you know, story in my office. You know, you know what? That. We we may end the episode with it. Okay. So and not only that, but as I'm telling that story about Coach Delfonso and what he says and what did he say? We got you because love covers. On the cover of this playbook, it just says "Love Covers." Amazing, as as if we planned it, which we did not. Like I said, I come in with a vague idea of what we're going to talk about, and then I just go and this and I'll, here we are. Love covers. Love covers. Yeah, I mean, it's it was birthed in my heart. You know, people don't understand love covers. That's why, and we'll get into it to, to complete athlete a little bit, but love covers is hysterical because. Um, I can remember Max playing third base. You guys are going against Orchard Park. Uh, I think Steckelberg or um, uh, Priz hit one out right away. Yep. First inning, like first, the first inning. Joe, uh, there was the sectional, champ- sectional championship of 2014. Right. Joe Priz Uzo took the third pitch of the game over the center Boom. field fence. Over the center field fence. It's like one nothing, and I don't, folks. I hate to embellish stories. I can't stand that. Because I've been around sports all my life, and guys make these stories way bigger than they are. I can't remember if there's one or two guys on base, Orchard Park, bottom, the bottom of the, uh, I don't know who was, it doesn't matter, bottom yeah. or top, doesn't make any difference, right? So uh, there's two outs, and a high fly ball goes to Max at third base. Coach, you're laughing. Ma- so so, so <laughs> Ma- Max Giordano, who is currently, he's at Niagara University. He's uh, been starting at third base this year, ironically. Ironically, um, yeah. Max was in eighth grade at the time, so he's this Grawny little squirrely eighth grader playing third base in a sectional championship game against inning one Orchard Park arch rival and there's there's how many different I mean on that on those two those two rosters alone there's probably eight Division one athletes and uh, Division one baseball players there's probably two or three more Division three players of at least baseball or other sports and oh by the way an MLB draftee. And yeah. here's little eighth grade Max 
towering fly ball into the winds of Niagara Falls. Up into a blue sky. Up into a clear blue sky. <laughs> and uh, Where did it land? Uh, I mean, it, it, if, if he missed it by a foot, he missed it by a mile. And it was just one of those in the swirling winds and the sun and in the pressure of the situation. The ball hit the ground foul. And the first thing that happens. Mark Delfonso comes right out of the dugout. Don't worry, Max. We got you. Right. Next pitch, strike three, inning over, no harm, no harm, no foul. And it was like uh, I believe I believe we were the away team that game because right. again it was the third pitch of the game that Joe Pot took right. out. Yeah. The next pitch, um, our second baseman Spencer Blizzard hit a rocket that almost got through at second base. Then Steckel took the second pitch he saw deep to deep to the right center for another home run, then a double, and we just started hot and. You know, you, had, you had to hang on, though. We did, and they that 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 Orchard Park team put up a fight, man. They I'll did. tell you that, they and uh, I'll tell you what that was that was a great game, and we ended up having you know again starting a scrawny little eighth grader who you know again. The, uh, how the, many coaches would have went like bonkers though? That's the thing, right yes. there. He could have ended Max's day. Yep. How he handled adversity, because can I tell you, coaches out there, coaches, parents, school teachers, who's ever listening. I guarantee you one thing in your life or in your season, you will have adversity. Guaranteed. That you can bank on that. It's the, not if but when. Not if but when, yes. And it's not if it's going to happen but when. So the key is, here's a great truth for you. To forget the things that are behind you, reach forward to the things that are ahead, press towards the goal and the prize of moving upward. So what is the goal really? Ah, see, the goal always comes before the prize, okay? In that truth, the goal comes before the prize. And when it comes to cross-training, the goal, the goal of this team is always love. That's the goal. If we get the goal, we get love. And what is love? Coach, you're going to love this. This is brand new. It's brand new stuff. It's as fresh as it can get. What is, what is the outcome of love? It's our new C4. The outcome of love is trust. The outcome of love is hope. The outcome of love is that you protect your teammates, you're above all else, guard your heart and the heart of your teammate because everybody wants to be protected and feel secure on that field. And last but not least, love always perseveres. You won't quit. When they hit that one hopper back to the pitcher, that kid will dig it out the first because he loves his teammates more than himself. And he's going to put the pressure on the other team by that kid persevering, getting to first base with everything he's got. Versus that young man that we all know about. Every team's got him. It's not the faces change, but the spirits the spirits keep coming. You got that kid who's humble, do anything he can want, run through the wall, and then you have that kid who's arrogant and proud, hits the one hop of the pitcher, flips the bat, and starts to jog to first. But when you when love is the center of your team. Then we get trust, hope, protect, persevere, which then turns into, Coach, playing fast, playing focused, playing for others, and finishing strong. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny because when you – like you brought up, like, what, what could have happened there? Right. You know, that's a routine fly ball and foul territory. That's a big out against a big hitter. And what could have happened? Right. It could – what the hell? You got to make that catch. Why do we got you out there if you're not going to be able to right. make that play? Right. And then guess what? 
a hard hit ground ball and it handcuffs him because he's playing nervous. He's playing tight. Yep. He's not playing loose. He's not playing fast. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, oh, hey, a bunt gets laid down and the ball ends up in right field and then it, it, it spirals and you end up in quicksand as an athlete. What else could have happened? It, you know, even, you know, coach doesn't say anything, but the guy playing the, you know, the, 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 the future division one athlete that's playing shortstop. Like, you got to be hell, kidding me. The right. hell, man. Right. Exactly. Like, like, you know, what are you doing over there? And so coach, your example, okay, even if you don't say anything, you drop your head and you kick the dirt the kid sees that because I don't know about you. When I made a mistake, my head went to the coach first. Yep. What is how is coach respond? I'll tell you one thing. When you're in, when your coach is coaching from, uh, I'll just put it this way. When he coaches truths, he coaches encouragement, he coaches equipping his athletes to handle adversity. You coach your kids and empower them to be able to handle adversity. They won't look to the coach anymore because they're playing. I already said this earlier. You're playing out of the coach's approval versus for his approval. And so when the kid doesn't look at the coach and just gets right back and starts playing, that's the athlete you want. That's the coach when he knows that he's won the heart of his kid and that his kid's not playing for his approval, but he's playing for his teammates. Yeah. And, and when you get that, that's a chemistry that comes to the pocket. Yep. <laughs> so you you touched on you, you know you touched well, on I, we can go wherever oh, we want to so, go. We don't have to go here. We'll get there. That's okay. we're we're absolutely telling that. Are you story having tonight. fun? I'm having a blast. I love doing this. I love it too. Um so you know, and to tell the end of that game, the end of that story, yeah. Uh we we end up making some switches at the end of the game. Uh Steckel threw a hell of a game for us. Yep. He ends up going to third. We end up bringing LG in from center field to shortstop, uh, which Max ended up off the field then at that point just because of the defensive switches we made, and we put a young man into into left field who didn't play a ton. Um, and we, I looked at him and said, I looked at Coach Delfonso, I said, he's going to get the last out. You know that, right? Like, you know the last out of the game is going to get hit to him. And he, and he goes, no, absolutely. That is that is the law of the world. <laughs> sure enough, with two outs, um, they just hit a ball to make it. I believe four to either four to two or four to three, and we end up with a, there's a runner out. It had to be four to two because uh, there ended up being a runner on first and a, with two outs, a fly ball to to right field or to left field to this player, and he pulled up. Let the ball hit in front of him, played it safe. Now we got two on with one of the best hitters in Section 6 coming to the right, plate. with two guys on. With two guys and, on. And, matter of fact, I, Coach, I think it was 4-3 because if both those guys score, they yes. were going to go ahead of you. They were going. That would have been the walk-off. That would have yes. been the win. That would have been a walk-off, yeah. So we end up, and this, you know, Joe Perez Uzo, again, another an eventual D1 athlete for Canisius, throws a pitch, and this kid absolutely scores. Gorches one to right center field, I know. and I'll remember it. To I remember like it's like it's happening in front of me right now. Right. Knowing our center fielder Ryan Ritter, who is a great football player, a great athlete, and a leader on this team, goes sprinting to right center. I I get off my bucket. Come on, Ritter. Come on, Ritter. Come on. And <laughs> the whole way, knew he had it. Full extension makes the catch. Not not a dot, not a full extension dive. Just full extension on the run, yep. fading fading into the gap to catch the ball and win the game. And again, that's I, does that kid make that play if the first ball the first ball hit in the air uh, that doesn't have a play made on it 
a kid gets screamed at or you know right. that hey the if the the, the kid in the kid in left field the the batter before could have made that catch right come on what are you doing right the, you should have had that the, does, what are you doing right yeah. does the next ball hit does that kid play with confidence or right. does he play with oh i really don't want to miss this and get and get screamed at right exactly and you know it, it's it, it's it's this uplifting message it's support not damnation really right it, it's it's uh more uh encouragement versus discouragement yep. it's instruction versus destruction yep because what happened is we coaches i'll tell you this um i'll keep giving you truths because i want to encourage you out there you're i remember i came in and did a talk and um and uh, i don't know what year it was but i'm in there and folks let me tell you this works for every sport i mean we work we work with golf teams <laughs> uh, I, swim teams I have a picture right now I'm, I'm gonna have you I'm gonna call you the next time I go play golf because I'm gonna need some help you're not, yeah, don't call me I don't, I'm terrible man <laughs> I need I need cross training for myself when it comes to golf we have this picture of this girl who is in the kids buy you go oh yeah this love stuff no 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 you don't understand two things I want to share number one it's a desire of everybody on the planet everybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're 95 or you're two. The desire of everyone on the planet is unconditional, unfailing love. They want to know, do you love me? Do you care for me just for who I am? Not for what I do. Because it's not if we're going to make a mistake, coach. But it's when. When. And no one's perfect. That's why we talk about love covers so much. Because every is going to make a mistake. And here's the thing. Uh, you can call it love coverage. You can call it forgiveness. If you're not willing to forgive someone else, why should they forgive you back when you make that mistake? Right. But if you're the one that's, uh, uh, you're the one that's initiating love covers. Expect to get it back, because I'm initiating with something. What everyone, everybody on the planet wants. It. Everybody wants on the planet to be forgiven, to have their mistakes covered. The last thing you want is your mistakes exposed. The la- who wants that? That brings shame. And when you got somebody in shame, the first thing they do, folks, I'll tell you right now, you're a coach, you're a mom, you're a dad, first thing when shame happens, they drop their head. And their eyes go to the ground. No one can play any sport unless you're going looking down for that ground ball. It's the only reason we're dropping our heads so my eyes are on the ball. You need to play or whatever you're doing in life with your head up. Absolutely. With your head up. And coaches, here's my other point. Not only does everybody need to be loved, want to be loved, all right. But the problem we don't talk about that is because we don't know what love is. But because the definition of love is love is patient, it's kind, it's sacrificial, and it's unconditional. That's the big part. Do you have conditions on your players? Do your players play for you or do they play out of your approval, which I already said? But one thing I'll add to that I come in to do a talk and I don't know what was going on in the team. I had no clue. None. Zero. Okay. And I get in there and the talk is on like communications or something like that. And I come right out with that your tongue has the power to bring life or death, to bring destruction or inspiration, to bring hurt or to bring healing. And Delfonso just looks at me and goes, how did you know what we were going through today? It <laughs> but, never failed. And I'm sitting there going, I didn't know. I go, it's, it's just today's talk. And the reason why, coaches, it works, it's all about character. And character fits all the time. It always fits. So that's why our character playbook, which is basically an acronym every year, 
This year's acronym is Love Covers. And so every one of those letters represents a character word, which we speak on once a week. Or you can get it on video now. You can get a playbook. Uh, we do our talks all on video because of COVID. We went to video, so we don't have to even come on your campus. But Love Covers is loyal. It's optimistic. It's valiant. It's energetic. It's character. It's obedience. It's victory. It's extraordinary. It rejoices. And in the end, it will always sacrifice. Coach, um, I talked about trust, hopes, protect, perseveres. Um, we're always talking about being complete. We call it C4, complete athlete. So if this is new to you, you mind if I do the okay. – Go. Okay, good? Okay. Um, I, I just close up with this. We're always talking about we always want the complete athlete, right? So what does that look like? Well, coaches, parents, everybody has four parts to, the, to who they are. There's a spirit of the person, there's the mind of the person, there's the social aspect of the person, and there's the body of the person. We've broken it down even differently that right now, too. It's the spirit of the person. And, you know, that's your core values. It's knowing what's right and doing what's right. And I talked about the heart of a champion. Vince Lombardi once said this. He said that all battles are won and lost in the hearts of people. So the heart is the key thing. If we lose the heart, we lose everything. You see, the spirit is always willing, but our body is weak. Coach, you told me about, like, you thought your spirit was really pumped up because you won your first fight, and then you didn't go into the training because your body's going like, oh, we got this, right? Yeah. Am I right or wrong? Absolutely. I thought I walked into fight number two thinking I'm a bad man, and uh, you know what? Everyone everyone thinks that until they get punched in the eye. (laughs) His mind was right, his heart was right, but his body wasn't ready. And see, so the spirit is so important. So there's four parts of this whole deal here. And if, if we're lacking any one of these four parts in being complete, then we will not reach our potential. It's not that you won't, won't be good, but the bottom line is to be complete so we can reach our potential. So a heart that trusts, a heart that hopes, a heart that protects, and a heart that perseveres. Everything is a heart issue. And as a coach, above all else, you need to guard their hearts because it's the source of life. You lose the heart, we've lost everything. And that's what cross training is all about. That's why we're training the heart of a champion from the inside out, all four parts of the athlete. We deal with the spirit of the athlete. We deal with the mind of the athlete. We deal with the social aspect. And then we deal with the physical. And every one of our talks hits all four points all the time. Uh, because it's the whole athlete. We need to coach the whole athlete. Hey, I'm working with a team right now. Two of their better players couldn't play their first game. They're incomplete. And guess what happened? (laughs) They got wahooed. They need those two guys. We need everybody at practice. We need all our athletes. We need all our coaches and everybody to be on the same page. And that page should always be that love is the number one thing that we do. Be patient and kind. It's the golden rule. Everybody knows Absolutely. that. It's the golden rule. Treat others how you want to be treated. And I'll tell you, I one of the things that you hear, if you, if you listen to me and Mark talk to each other, it would be whether it be behind closed doors, on the field, whenever, we talk about all the time. And one of the messages that Coach Masters likes to, put, likes to put out there is, and it's one of the ones that's resonated with us the most, is that love never fails. You know, you're not going to win every game. Only no. one team can win the championship. Only one team. You're going, there's going to be failure how you react to that and what comes of that depends on depends on how you love yeah and exactly you know 
if if in that story we told earlier about you know the that 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 line drive to right center field that Ryan Ritter made a great play on, if that ball does get down, Ryan Ritter would have been welcome to our dugout with hugs and love, right? Not with what the hell? Why didn't you make that catch? And and you know I saw it the other day in a, in a football game, and um, when a guy makes a mistake, how does their teammates respond? Are they going to him or are they turning away from him? And that is huge because at our weakest moments. That's when we need somebody to support us. We've always done that trust fall thing yep. with your team all the time. It's not catching someone. It's supporting someone. It's such a difference, and they need your support. That Look at me. When when that kid hits the walk-off home run, he don't need your support. Nope. <laughs> like He's got all the support he wants. He's so fired up. He's so pumped up. But when he makes that mistake, we need to support him so he can hit the walk-off home run. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yep. Um. This has been a, this has been great. It, it's been it's been fantastic. I love doing this, and you know, I, I, this this every I feel like every time I do this, I say this is going to be one of my favorite episodes, and th- this holds true to that just as well as any of them have. So, um, I can tell you the the idea of speaking value into people um, is one of the things that's resonated with me the most, especially if you know me and what I do outside of the podcasting and the coaching. Um, you know, I've I've seen some of the ugliest underbelly of, of, of society. And one of the things that usually rings true is a lot of times these people didn't have people that spoke value to them and into them. And I think that message is something that gets lost a lot, especially in this day and age, especially in the world that we live in, where it's so easy to be negative, so easy to be toxic. And, you know, it's a message that needs to get out more and more, which is one of the main reasons I also wanted to bring you on. And now, we're going to wrap this up with two things. The first thing is... No, let me give you one more thing okay, first. Okay, okay. Don't listen to Coach Masters. What? Listen to John Wooden. Do you want somebody that's well-known? I'm not well-known. I'm a guy that just tries to love kids, love coaches, try to support them, try to see that they have truths that make them help to be complete so they can play free, focus for others, and finish strong. But John Wooden was videotape coach, his practices. Above all, 10 national championships, NCAA won basketball, seven in a row. And the number one thing they found out about John Wooden, 80% of his comments to his athletes were encouragement. 80% of his comments to his athletes were encouragement. According to the experts, he is above the gold standard when it comes to that. When you're two to one, two encouragements to one correction, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> you're one to one, let me tell you, you're bringing despair to your kid. And if you're one to none, you're emptying the heart of your athlete. So please, Mike, Coach Master says this, but John Wooden is proof in the pudding, <laughs> and ain't and, no doubt about that. And, Can't and, beat him. And I'll tell you what, it's it's not nearly as daunting of a task as you think. It could be as simple, and this is for the baseball coaches out there, you got a pitcher that's struggling, you walk out, put your arm around him when you talk to him. Let him know he's not out there alone. Yeah. It's, it, it's something that I heard from a, from a very, very good Division One college coach uh, somewhere in the Midwest in a small conference called the SEC. <laughs> and he said, the, the first thing I do when I walk out to speak to my pitcher is I put my arm around him. And then when we start talking, I put my hand on his shoulder or at the base of his neck and know that, let him know that I'm out here with him. Right. He's not alone. Coach, and that's why we close all our talks with Connect 3. Yeah. 
we try to value our athletes and have them learn to value one another and give them things for life. So when we end our talks, I always take one of the words or a phrase out of the talk, go to a teammate, look him in the eye, shake his hand, and then tell him, Coach Josiak, man, you are a man who is persevering through life, and that's going to get you to where you want to go. And that is some of the most powerful stuff that this man does with our team and every team he works with. And I can tell you that not just from our locker room, I have the pleasure of working alongside a family who's had two generations of athletes here. Coach Masters talks over at Depew, our rival school. Uh, and they actually, I was just, just recording a different podcast with one of them prior to coming here and speaking with coach masters. And he's like, he told me, and I quote, I cannot wait to hear that because coach masters is the man. So that's <laughs> little, uh, little, little, little tote for you there. Well, thank you. Coach. Uh, I'm going to let you tell that story. I'm going to let you tell that story from your perspective because it's easy for me to talk about my guys and what we went through. I want you to tell that story. And it is the story of the heart of a lion of Mac Garby. Yeah. The story has, um, one of the guys that worked for me, get this, he, COVID, he's no longer working with us because of COVID and just messed us up. He called me up about three months ago. He goes, hey, I'm going to meet a legend tomorrow. I go, you're going to meet a legend? He goes, yeah, a cross-training legend. I go, who's that? He goes, I'm meeting Mac Garby tomorrow. <laughs> I go, Mac, he goes, yeah. He goes, I said, he told me his name. I go, he goes, did you ever play Lancaster? And he goes, yeah, I played there. So anyway, um, I, what year was this? Uh, that was the, f was that the first year? Yeah, that would have been 2012. Okay, 2012, right? So 2012, this is how I know the story. And if it's embellished, please let me know. You guys are stacked. You got a very senior loaded team that year. A lot of guys because Mac was a junior and Mark said yes. to Mac, we got a lot of athletes, Mac, you know, I'm not going to cut you. Uh, if you want to stay on the team, you can, but you're not going to get zero to zip playing time right now. We're in a very tough division. ECIC one, man, any team could beat anybody because everybody's got at least one or two good throwers. He says, you're not going to get a lot of playing time. Why don't you go home and think about the weekend if you want to be on the team? But if you do that, I don't want to hear no attitude. You're going to be more like the ball boy, manager type guy. You're going to help us more than you're going to play, et cetera, et cetera. Mac comes, uh, Mac comes back on Monday. This is what Mark told me. And Mac goes, I'm in. And then Mark kind of pressed him a little bit and said, you know, hey, any first thing, first sign of like attitude or something, you're gone. You're out of here. And now remember, you're going to do all this stuff. You know, you're going to carry the bats and throw BP and whatever. You okay. So uh, Mac goes, I'm in. I'm in. And uh, so you don't know this part because Mac has told me, he goes, coach, and folks, this is the power of a coach or you giving a word of encouragement. Mac told me a couple of times, he goes, coach, sometimes you came in the locker room and he just pointed me out and said, you know, hang in there. And you know what? Sometimes that's all you need is someone to just give you that arm around the shoulder, back of the neck, just say, hang in there, you're doing a good job. And uh, so – I didn't know this part of the story, but it's kind of cool. So, Mac doesn't hardly play at all. Correct. Pinch run, maybe. Might get an inning here or there, but he's getting squat, okay? But Mac did one thing, and coaches, I am so proud of the Lancaster baseball team and the Luport baseball team because they practice like they're going to play. They wear 
pants. They don't wear shorts. They're not out there in tank tops. They're out there with their high school gear colors on. Coach, and, you can. And, the, and this this year, this team that we're talking about is the team that started that. That's the uh, the Ben Hafner team. Uh, Ryan Bonafidi was out there. Mac was out there. Uh, Teddy, Teddy, Joe Pa, Steckle, like that whole crew. That was the team that started that. That was the team that. You know, uh, Joe Pa was a freshman. Steckel was a sophomore. They were my top two arms, along with Teddy, who's a junior. You know, and they were a team that said it's got to be different. It, it doesn't. We don't want it to feel like gym class. We want it to feel like baseball practice. And that team and Mac was a big part of it. Changed the culture. Right. They did. They totally did. And and so, well, I didn't know this, but matter of fact, I didn't know this till afterwards. Mac, when he wore his practice pants, always had his pocket out. And so his pocket was always out. And it's like, I guess it was his little swag. You know, that was, you know, every kid wants to have their swag. Right, Coach? It, 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 some Whether kids have armbands. Some, right? yep, exactly. some, some kids just a little little bit of sideways crook on the, on the hat, whatever. Right. But Mac was, the, he, had, he had his blinker out. Yeah, he had the blinker out in the back. And so I didn't know this until later, but uh, Mac had a chance to play against the big arm from Clarence. Yes, um, Armstrong, Mark Armstrong. Mark Armstrong. And he got a couple of hits against Armstrong and then he got put right back on the bench the next game he didn't you figure then that, you, that, he that was, was he not one of the best arms in the league at that time uh he was one of the best arms that's come out of Lancaster he was throwing 94 to 96 out of Clarence. senior year out yeah. of Clarence yes. okay yeah and so so now here you're a kid right you get hit off this guy you figure you're gonna get in the lineup Mac never blinked nope he didn't blink he Mac never blinked he just Got back on the bench, cheered his teammates out, and he was a cheerleader. Oh, he was absolutely the heart and soul of our bench that year. Right. He's a big-time cheerleader. And so they make it. Uh, Lancaster makes the sectional finals. They're down at Louport. They're playing the falls. Uh, they go down one nothing. And I didn't know this, but Mr. Garby's standing next to me. Well, I know him, but he's telling me, he goes, well, we got a tough decision. I go, what's that? He goes, Max's grandfather's dying. I go, oh, my gosh. He goes, yeah, and he could die within the next couple of hours. Yeah. Now, he had already told Mark he, that this had, could he, happen. He came up to us as we got off the bus, and the kids went out to, to the field to stretch and told us what was going on and said, there may be a point where we get the phone call and we have to go. And we said, if you choose not to go, we're going to send him with you anyway. Right. Because family, has to, family is absolutely first. So, Mr. Garby, it's about the third or the fourth inning, and Mr. Garby's going like, this is a tough decision. What do you think? I says, well, what does Mac think? He goes, well, he wants to be with his grandfather. I says, then he be, needs to be there. And so the phone call came. He goes, it's the phone call. I got to go. So he came over and told Mac that he had to leave. And when, then Mac went to Dell. I think Dell hugged him. Yep. Okay. And, but then you tell what happened next. So it, it was very quiet at first. It was just, Coach, this is what's going on. You know. Right. Okay, Mac. You know, love you, kid. If you need us, we're here. And Mac leaves, and after that half inning, we bring the kids in and say, look. <laughs> I'm getting a little choked up. That's why I wanted it. you to tell it, man. So we tell the kids what's going on, and without hesitation, I don't, I don't remember who, but one of the kids goes, pockets out, boys. Yeah, unbelievable. And it is a story I tell, especially to second-team players, the Mac Garvey story, the power and influence you can have in being a leader and not even being a starter. Yeah. The power that he had to inspire his team 
to do to know what's right and do what's right the whole season, and then to go and say, you know, families first. He the kids pull their pockets out. You're down by one. You tie the score. You go into the seventh. You push another one across. Yep. And then we get this picture. And for those playing the home game, the picture is our guys facing the field, butts toward the camera, and everyone's pockets out. But it goes one step farther. Um, and this is the true story. Well, that's a great story. That's a great story. Well, the Buffalo Evening News caught hold of that. Sure did. And like two days later, there's four athletes, and I think it was like team wins one for Garby or something like that. Yep. I'd have to go look at it. It's in my office. And and there's Mac standing at home plate in the forge. Yep. Okay, in front of the home plate in the forge, four of his teammates behind them turn sideways. You can see their faces, but their pockets are out. And the whole article was about Mac inspiring his team to take it to the next level to win. That was like the first sexual championship in a while. Uh, that was the first one since 2000 and the third overall. Yeah, first one since 2000. So it was like, what, 10, 11 years later or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, folks, I'm telling you right now, um, the power of a coach, the power of a, a, of a, a young athlete trying to do it the right way, and, and one of our first statements we always say to the kids is, know what's right and do what's right. And Matt Garby is one of those guys. And, and next year, Coach, what happened? And he hung – you know, he is – C4, trust, hopes, protects, perseveres, positive mindset, trust in his coaches, protected his teammates, and they protect him in turn. And then talk about perseverance. Next year, he's starting center fielder. Starting center fielder. He could have bagged it, not played that year, and probably wouldn't have played the next year. Yeah. Maybe. Don't know. Yeah, he uh, he ended up being, if he didn't, if he didn't play center, because uh, Teddy Wilson was our center fielder, but he played a lot of center when Teddy pitched. Right. Because and if Teddy was sore, Teddy would DH and Mac would be out in the outfield. And I'll, I'll tell you, the kid had a great year for us. And, you know, unfortunately, again, only one team can win it. We ended up seeing Mark Armstrong again <laughs> in the sectional final under the half-lit lights of Sal Magley at the time. And, you know, still it's one of those ones that kind of, you know, ah, we should have uh, won it, but won we won't way. we won't go there. Should have, would have, could have, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not the point. The point is the kid, he very easily could have could have folded and said, nah, I'm out. He right. could he could have very easily said, all right, I'll do it, but then been a distraction. And I'll tell you what, that's that, like I said, when I when I say that was the team that really changed the culture at, our, at, at Lancaster, that is, I actually just had the conversation probably two weeks ago with Ben Hafner about it, just reminiscing about old times. Is uh, Ben working with you this year again? Uh, ben is actually going to be, he is in, I believe he said Maryland, finishing up his uh, his degree and his certification for what he's doing, and he's gotten some interest down there for career-type jobs, so he is pursuing that currently. Good for him. Uh, but we are in contact with him. We will be putting in his uh, his For the Boys playbook, as we call it, uh, and just continuing that culture that he himself helped start and instill at Lancaster with the baseball program and uh, leaving his mark on the team, you know, even though he can't be there this year. So that's uh, – going to be something cool to cool to do in you know, his honor so yeah coach um and i know i know you got to wrap up it's been really long but um i want to just appreciate being here and uh you guys just so you know um when i point to a program that's really embraced cross training um it's the legends baseball team well i, I tell you what i having come up through lancaster baseball as a player and now being part of it as a coach as i am uh, I need to thank you from the bottom of my heart for 
playing as much of a role as anybody in changing the culture of Lancaster baseball because it is amazing to see where this program has come over the last 10, 11 years. And I am, you know, despite whether I'm there, whether I'm not there, which I plan on being there for as long as humanly possible, as long as they'll have me. <laughs> uh, but I can only imagine the places that it will go if we're if we stay on the same trajectory we've been on so and you are as much a part of that as any of us so and i want to thank you very much for that as well and these guys are so classy okay so they they win the sectional finals at sal maga like two years after the mark armstrong thing and i'm sitting under a tree <laughs> everybody's left my i'm waiting for my wife because it was so stinking hot she goes i'm going to the mall so i'm watching the sectional final game and you won it fairly handily that day it wasn't one of those one run games you know you had a couple of run lead in the end versus like right down to the wire right yep and so i'm sitting there under a, a dinky little tree heavy about about six inches around i'm just waiting for my wife and all of a sudden these two guys come over and they just start oh, coach and throwing water on a top my head that was probably one of the most special moments i have ever had with cross training and i'll never ever forget your guys kindness to me and honoring me by just dousing me with a little bit of water thank you so much well that's uh that's also why you know we uh we got you a jersey a couple years ago and you know you're 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 part of the team coach whether you whether you know you you admit it or not you're one of us so i appreciate that so much and uh, as they as we've said even before the legends was the name once and always so yeah welcome welcome to the team thanks but uh this is the part where we're going to wrap up we're going to let you plug where pe- where can people find cross training athletics where can they find you where that can they find your material any shout outs any thank yous so on and so forth well, you know what? Uh, cross-training athletics, building a character culture. We have a website, uh, obviously, www.go-cta.com, go-cta.com. Uh, we work with anybody, Coach, that wants to work with us and wants to connect with their athletes. Uh, we have teams that work with us in Pennsylvania. I have a football team in Pennsylvania. i got a wrestling team in Virginia. So it doesn't matter. Uh, we're, we're national. Uh, we got – we can do anything uh, that needs to be done to take care of you and your team, whether through us coming there uh, or through our playbooks, our certificates. Certificates are a powerful thing also. It's, it's a real big thing, and that'll be for another time. But Or you could call us at 716-432-5152. So our website is is go-cta.com you can check out our videos there you can check out our playbook there um, and our other programs that we have and we work with all programs but the bottom line folks is if you're interested in the capturing the heart of your athlete and taking your kids to another level and there's so many of you out there the reason i'm doing cross training is because i didn't have a clue what to do in 1990 I was just grabbing at straws. How could I help kids? And I was like, you know what? We want to come up with materials to put tools in coaches' hands. That's what it is. It's a tool to put it in your hand to help you to capture the heart of your athlete, bring team chemistry to your to your outfit and your organization or or your program to help build team chemistry and a culture uh, that will defeat a lot of times athleticism. And uh, so. We're here for you, and we, we always say this, we're here to serve you in any way. And 
please don't ever let finances. I know I'm, my wife would kill me right now. <laughs> we, we, we won't let her listen to this part. Okay, we won't let her listen to this Don't let finances stop you. We don't have any finances. We work with teams individually. That's how we do it. Uh, we're relationship-oriented, and uh, we always will be because, uh, and this is how we always close. Always remember this, love never fails. Thanks for thanks for joining me, Coach. All the all the uh, cross training contact info will be in the uh, information on the um, the summary of the episode, so you can go take a look down there if you didn't catch it. Or uh, I will that'll obviously be all over social media as well. Thanks for tuning in, guys. As again, thank you for tuning into uh, production of the BICBP Radio Network. www.bacbp radio.com. Check out uh, this and all the other awesome podcasts on there. And as always, check out go-cta.com for cross-training athletics and coach masters thank you so much for joining me this has been an absolute honor i love it thank you for the honor